All right, good morning, everybody. I want to welcome you to our first digital cathedral service together in 2022. This, this is awesome. We're starting a brand new year, and I want to talk to you this morning about entering that new year the way that you'd like to enter it. First Sunday of 2022, I want to talk to you, especially those of you that would like to see something very specific accomplished in 2022. Maybe it's to lose 40 pounds. I don't know, maybe it's to enroll in Global Grace Seminary, which could be the smartest move you've ever made. Global Grace Seminary, I'm president of Global Grace Seminary. It's about 10 years old. It's designed specifically for those that um, wanna learn more about what we teach and you can earn a full bachelor degree or master's degree if you already have a bachelor degree, several majors. Maybe you've, maybe you've never gone to school. You'd like to go to school. I highly recommend Global Grace Seminary Best Grace teachers in the world are the professors there, and you can learn more about it at globalgraceseminary.net. Globalgraceseminary.net. Maybe, maybe it's to get the job you want. Maybe it's to develop spiritual depth. If you have something that you for sure would like to see in 2022 come about in your life, I want to talk specifically to you this morning about how we can see that come about. Let's talk about imagination. That's gonna be my topic this morning. Imagination and its power to create over facts and over knowledge. In fact, I titled this teaching this morning, Imagination Trumps Knowledge. So if you have something specific in 2022 that you'd like to see to come to pass in your life, this message is specifically designed for you. I want to begin this morning over in Mark chapter 2. We're going to talk about imagination, so let's, let's uh, stay on top of this this morning, all right? Listen to this thing to the very end, because if there's nothing specific you want to see accomplished in 2022 right now, there may be as the year goes on. So this is going to apply. Mark chapter 2, let me read the first five verses, and I want you to watch the imagination that is expressed in these just these five verses. It says in Mark chapter 2, verse 1, And again, Jesus entered Capernaum, and, and after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many people gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. In other words, they had a, they had a packed house. There was, there was not even standing room only. They were, they were right up through the door. Many, as many as could get jammed into that house wanted to hear what Jesus was teaching. And it says, and he preached the word to them. Verse 3, there came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Now these guys had a vision. They had a thought that this man could be healed if they could just get him to Jesus. So they heard Jesus was in the house. They take him toward where Jesus is with the vision, the idea, the inspiration in their mind that they could get this man healed. And it says in verse 4, And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, here's where imagination takes off. They go, we got to be resourceful here. We just can't. We came all this way. We had a divine idea. We see this man healed. We see him walking upright. We, 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 have a, we, we, we just have a, a tremendous vision that's going to manifest um, in this man receiving his ability to walk. And so it says that they use their imagination. And they went up on the roof and when, and they took all the covers off the roof. They uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through the roof, can you imagine being in that house and hearing the sound of somebody tearing the roof up? I mean, I'm, I bet you wonder what's going on. If I had been Jesus teaching, I would have wondered, you know, what the heck's going on here? People are packed into the house. You're hearing a disturbance on the roof. And all of a sudden, they let down this paralytic on the bed to where Jesus is. Tremendous, tremendous imagination here. They became very resourceful, used their imagination. Verse, verse 5 says, And when Jesus saw the faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. I can't, I, when I read that story, I couldn't help but put myself in the place, not of the paralytic man necessarily, but of, the, of one of the men that were carrying him to where Jesus was. And what I would have to figure out in my imagination, what I would have to see, what I would have to see is an accomplished fact in order to get my friend healed in the way that he should be. Imagination is a powerful word. It's probably a word that, um, that can be used in a positive way or a negative way. 
I know in church circles we don't use the word imagination a lot because we're always talking about casting down imaginations. It's looked on in a negative light. And imagination can be used in a negative or a positive light. For example, if we look at it in a negative way, we can we can look at someone and say, man, you know, who can believe them? That's that's just his imagination. Don't worry about him. He's always wandering off into somewhere with some wild idea. Uh, he has a wild imagination. And once again, his imagination is just carrying him away. Or it can be in a positive way and tell somebody, uh, Billy Bob, I want you to imagine what it's going to be like when you graduate from school. I want you to imagine, Billy Bob, what it's going to be like, how you're going to feel when you get that job that you've always wanted, when you now are qualified to get the thing that you desire. I think it's fair to say at the start of this teaching this morning that none of us lack imagination. We all have an imagination. When you were a child, when you were daydreaming, it seems like the older we get, the less daydreaming we do. But when you were a child and you daydreamed, what you really were doing was exercising your imagination. And that's one of the things that we probably should have retained from our childhood is the ability to daydream because that's when imagination is put into force. So notice none of us lack imagination, but what we really lack is a disciplined, focused imagination. Now, I went to the dictionary, I went to Webster's to get a good, workable, practical definition of imagination. So let me read to you what the dictionary says about imagination. This is good. Imagination is the ability to form ideas and images or concepts of objects that are not present to the senses. Now, this did not come out of a, a religious dictionary. This did not come out of, of a lexicon somewhere. This is, this is how imagination is defined, and we're going to put that to work this morning. Imagination is the ability to form ideas, images, or concepts of objects not present to the senses. In other words, imagination is able to visualize something that may not be present to the senses, but it's able to give it form and structure. It says another definition, the power to be creative or be resourceful. And that's really what I want to talk to you about this morning, is the power of imagination to be creative. Imagination, one of the, one of the, one of the dazzling things about imagination to me is that it's not restricted to facts, it's not restricted to our senses. I can use my imagination and I can come to another level, I can come to another dimension, another place of consciousness that's not dependent on facts. That's not dependent on what my physical senses are feeding to me. The world, as imagination sees it, here's how powerful it is. The world as imagination sees it is pretty much the world that you live in. Many of us are not conscious of the fact of how much we do imagine things, of how, how we do exercise our imagination. Imagination is a powerful shaper of your daily life. It's also a powerful shaper of your future. We accomplish almost nothing but what we first imagine it. Imagination is what gives power, or as the dictionary says, the ability to form ideas, images, or concepts of objects that are not present to the senses. Um, faith comes in here in some, in some level because imagination is able to see those things that are not as though they are. So when you're exercising faith, really you're exercising imagination. But I think when we talk about imagination, it brings a little, a little bit more into some practical understanding that we can get a, get a hold of. Imagination is a powerful shaper. I'm going to tell you again, it shapes your daily life. When you get up in the morning, you should imagine the day that you want to live. If you, if, if you go to bed at night and the day that you lived is not the, the way you wanted it to go, then reimagine it. Go back and reimagine it being the way that you would like it to have been. It carries power. It'll help shape the next day. Now, as I said a couple of minutes ago, in church and in religious circles, we don't use the word imagination much. There's another word we plug in that is close to it. It's the word vision. We talk much more about vision in church than we do imagination. It's probably more, I guess I could say, more religiously acceptable than the word imagination. They do have a lot in common. But I want to draw a line of distinction between vision and imagination this morning. I'm really going after the power of imagination to create in your life today. So let me just draw a little bit of a distinction. Vision gives the eternal picture. What you have a vision for, you get a picture of. 
imagination comes in and takes that picture that vision has grabbed a hold of and it completes it. It fills it out. It, it, it fills the blanks in. It puts the arms, the legs, the head. It, it makes the picture complete. I'm not an artist. I'm not a painter. My, I have a good friend in Grand Rapids, Carol Heiss, and she's a, she's a wonderful artist. And I've talked to her about this. And before she ever paints a picture, she first gets a, a vision of it. She sees it in her imagination. The first real picture that she ever ever uh, completed, she sent to us, and I have it on the mantle over our fireplace, and it's of a of a barn, much like I grew up around in Michigan. And I talked about that, and she she visualized that. She used her imagination and saw that barn, much like what she grew around up around. And I think she grew up in Indiana. I'm not I'm not sure about that, but she she visualized it. She had a vision of it, but then the vision was fully formed in her imagination. So what, what imagination does, imagination takes the vision to the next step into being. Imagination envisions the vision completed. Now the honest truth is this, every step of man's progress, collectively or individually, is marked by the exercise of vision and the manifestation of vision, which comes through imagination. Let's look at the Wright brothers for just a minute. The Wright brothers, I will absolutely assure you that the Wright brothers first had a vision or an idea, an inspiration of an airplane. But that in itself was not going to get the airplane flying. They came in with an imagination. They began to structure that plane in their thinking. They begin to think about how it would happen, how it would look, what would need to be done, the aerodynamics. They built all of that into their imagination before they ever flew the plane, before they ever took it to the next level. I'm sure Henry Ford, before he ever built or manufactured the first automobile, at first was an idea. Then the imagination went to work. So, well, we need to have four tires and it needs to have a body. It needs to have a steering wheel to guide it. It needs to have a gear shift that it can move from low to, to second gear to third gear. I think probably had three, three years in that original Model A, uh, Model T, actually. So he had to get the, the, the idea, the vision, but imagination came alongside and complete. It filled it out. So let me say this to you this morning, and I want you to highly consider this. It's only because we don't develop our imagination. It's only because we don't perfect our imagination that oftentimes the results, the manifestation that we encounter in life are not what we would like them to be. I know a lot of people with a vision. See, a vision just gives you the idea. Uh, there's, I know people that say, well, one day I would like to start a business. One day, I'd like to, one day I'd like to travel around the world. One day I would like to get my degree. One day I'd like to enroll in Global Grace Seminary. See, that's a vision. But until imagination pulls up alongside and says, all right, here's how we put it together. Here's what it's going to look like. Here's what it's going to feel like. Here's what you're going to sense when this whole thing is in operation. When you take a focused, determined imagination, you have to know that that is the beginning of creating something. And the manifestation is the fruit of the creation. So you cannot, you cannot jump from vision to manifestation. Now I know that there are some that, have a, that struggle a little bit with you being a creator. I have absolutely no problem with that because you're in the image and the likeness and you carry the DNA of the creator of the universe. So it just seems to me only natural that the offspring of a creator are going to have creative abilities. They're much more comfortable with the word manifestation. I see manifestation and creation a little bit different. You can create and what the fruit of the creation is, is the manifestation. When these guys, when these men took this man over to be, to be healed that we just read about in Mark chapter 2, the imagination saw, it, saw him healed. And the fruit of that imagination is when Jesus said, I see your faith, your sins are forgiven. Get up, take your bed, and walk your way. That was the manifestation of what they had created within themselves. The imagination is the means of fulfilling the vision. And when the vision is fulfilled and imagination has its place of ascendancy or construction, then manifestation is the natural fruit of the imagination.
Jesus was a master at this. Jesus had tremendous imagination. He lived in imagination. I want to pull real quick three, three verses of Scripture that you're probably very familiar with. And I want you to see the work of Jesus' imagination in actual, in actual work right here in his daily life. Because this is where we use imagination. Imagination shapes daily life. Imagination shapes future. Imagination shaped the life of Jesus, his daily life. Imagination shaped what he ultimately wanted to accomplish. And I want to read you a scripture on that right now. John chapter, let's start over in John chapter 12. I'm going to pick two verses out of John and one out of Luke. John chapter 12. And let, let's read just, I'm just going to read one verse. I'm not going to read the context or the, the history of it all. I just want you to get the punchline, see the imagination at work. John chapter 12 and verse 32. Jesus says this, And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, that's his imagination, seeing if I'm lifted up from the earth, Here's, here's what I'm going to manifest. My imagination sees me lifting, being lifted up from the earth. Here's what I'm going to manifest. Here's the fruit. I will draw all men to myself. I will draw, New King James says, I'll draw all peoples to myself. So he's saying he's going to draw. And that word draw is, is, is a strong word. It doesn't mean that he's just going to entice. It's the same word that is word, I, I can't remember the Greek word. It might be helico. I can't remember off the top of my head. But when the fishermen's nets were full of fish, and it says they drug the nets to the boat. It's the same word that is used in John chapter 12, verse 32, when Jesus said, I will draw all peoples to myself. The word is stronger than just pull or, pull or entice. It is he's going to drag them. That's, that's what his imagination is seeing. The thought was this. If I'm lifted up from the earth, the imagination says, I see it. I see it is done. I'm going to drag I'm going to do whatever's necessary to bring every person to myself. You got it? So he's using his imagination. All right, let's back up a couple chapters to um, um, John chapter 6. John chapter 6. And I, again, I want to read just one verse out of John chapter 6. I want you to see the imagination of Jesus working, verse 39. I want you to get a hold of this. He says in verse 39, this is the will of the Father who sent me. This is the will of the, this is a thought. I've got a vision. This is, this is the will. The Father's will is my will. This is the thought. This is what I'm seeing. This is the vision. Now here comes the imagination. And this is the will of the one who sent me, that of all he has given me, his imagination is working right now, I'm not going to lose any of them. I'm not going to lose anything that he has given to me. I see that in my imagination. Was it an accomplished fact? No, no. But uh, it objectively was being done in his imagination right there at that point. I'm going to lose nothing, but I will raise it up at the last day. All right, one more. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter, Jesus was a master at, at letting imagination shape his daily life. Letting imagination shape his future. All these things he's talking about are futuristic, but he saw them in his imagination as being accomplished right now. Can you do that? You want to lose 40 pounds. Can you see that 40 pounds off you right now? How are you going to feel when you lose 40 pounds? How are you going to, how, what's your, what are you going to look like? You're going to have to buy new clothes. What's going to be the feeling when you understand that there's nothing that tastes as good as feeling thin? Nothing that tastes as good as feeling thin. How's that going to exhilarate you? Can you see that happening? You got the vision. You got the thought. You have the inspiration. Are you able now to take that, that focused attention and see it in its completed form and let it live out? All right, I've got more to say. Luke, Luke chapter 15, verse 4. Luke 15, verse 4. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. So he's saying, all right, here's the thought. The one is lost. I, I, I see it. The one is lost. But my imagination is telling me I'm going after it and I will get it. Even if I have to leave the 99 in the wilderness, I see it. I see the pit. They're going to be all right. The 99 going to be okay. I'm going after the one. Verse 5, and when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, see, all this is his imagination. What's going to happen? I find that sheep. They're, everybody's going to be rejoicing. They're going to be happy. He comes home. He calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, rejoice. 
Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. So this whole thing's playing out in the imagination of Jesus. He's painting a picture in the minds of the listeners. He did that in Luke, Luke 12, or in John 12, John 6, and again in Luke 15. He's painting a, a picture in the mind of his, of his listeners. He's saying, here's my, here's my vision. Here's my thought on this. He said, and here's how I'm going to flesh it out. Here's how it's going to come to pass. It's, it's objectively done right now. He's saying, I want you to know that you're the one that's been lost. I'm going to leave the 99 and I'm coming to get you. That's how it's going to, that's how it's going to live. Jesus is revealing his focused attention, focused on the one, focused on being lifted up. He's focused, he's got, his, he's got a focused attention right there, and he's saying, in my imagination, I see my vision totally completed. Jesus knew the power of imagination to create the reality of, of his life. If he didn't have an imagination of being lifted up on the cross and dragging, pulling all men to himself, he never would have endured what he did. The Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Because he had an imagination, he had a vision, and he manifested it. You understand? The fruit of that imagination is you and me. He imagined us the whole time. The Father imagined us the whole time, placed us in Christ before the foundation of the world. That's his imagination working because he knew it would come to pass. All right, let me give you one, one more illustration. I'm going to use a lot of scripture this morning because I want you to see that it's not strange it's not sacrilegious to use your imagination and let that imagination create the objective truth of what you now possess. Luke chapter 4. This is just after Jesus came back from being tempted in the wilderness and immediately he went over to the church house. And in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, he's done none of this. He's done none of these things he's going to say. But he's seeing it He's seeing it with his imagination. He's fleshing it out. The vision is that all men be drawn to him. The vision is that he complete the work that the Father sent him to do. Now here's the imagination that he sees. Here's how it's going to happen. Here's how he sees it playing out. Verse 18. So when he came to, to Nazareth where he had been brought up, as his custom was, he went to the synagogue, stood up to read, and he was handed the book from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah had the original imaginative development of what the Messiah would accomplish. So Jesus picks up on it and says, when he had opened the book, he found the place where it said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now here's, here's what his imagination sees that he's going to be doing. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those that are, are, are oppressed, and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, when he proclaimed that, had he done any of those things? Absolutely not. He hadn't done one of them. But in his imagination, he saw him doing all of them. And that imagination created the objective reality. And then it says he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and he bore, all bore witness of him. Then it says he went out and he began to minister. And he ministered three, three ways. He, he was preaching the gospel and he was healing the sick, right? That's what Jesus did. He preached the gospel of the kingdom and he healed the sick and he taught. He was teaching, preaching, and healing. He accomplished it. He had a, he had a vision to do that. And in his imagination now, he fleshes it out. He was extremely good at, at painting a picture for the listeners that were hearing. He was, and he was phenomenal at painting a picture of imagination in the lives of other people so that they could grasp it for their benefit. Jesus taught imagination. Let me show you from Scripture. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to overpower you this morning because I want 2022 to be the best year you've ever experienced. I want you to get that job. I want you to, to live the life that you've always wanted to live. But I want you to first see it on this first Sunday of January. I want you to see it in your imagination as being a done deal. Because that's what the Christ's Christ us life is about. It's seeing it as a, as a done deal. John chapter 5 verse 2. Now there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in the Hebrew Bethsaida having five porches. 
In, in these lay a great multitude of sick people, lame, blind, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Verse 4, For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool, stirred up the water, and whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Think about this. This guy, this guy had had this problem for 38 years. I don't know about you, but I've not had any problem for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to the man, do you want to be made well? Now he's, put, now he's planning something in his mind. Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered and said to him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. Jesus didn't ask him that. I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred, but when I'm coming, another steps down in front of me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked, and that day was the Sabbath. Now I want you to see what's going on here. First of all, let me just say this. I want you to imagine the atmosphere around that pool. I bet it was depressive. It was it was a downer. You've got you've got this this I don't know how many people were there, but according to the story, there was a great number of sick people that were laying around this pool. They were all sick. And the tradition was when the water was stirred, the first person in it got healed and everybody else was disappointed. So this guy's been laying there for 38 years. 38 years. Um, when you put yourself in that man's place, he probably didn't have a lot of hope left. He didn't, he didn't, his imagination was not, was not showing him healed anymore. He was just biding time till probably he passed away and died. So here comes Jesus. And Jesus radically shifts the man's consciousness and plants a thought in his mind to build imagination. And he says to the man in verse 6, he says, do you want to be healed? Boom, there comes a thought. The, the man's imagination should have been triggered to see himself now healed. That doesn't happen sometimes. This year, this year you want to lose 40 pounds. You see it. You, 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 you really desire it. But immediately the thoughts come to you. You can't lose 40 pounds. You know you like, you know you like uh, apple pie and ice cream. You know you like French fries. You know you're going to go to McDonald's. Or, there's no way you're going to do this. And that's exactly what the man said. He had immediately, there were thoughts that came to his mind that he should have, that he should have cast down because they were contrary to the knowledge that he just heard from Jesus. Should have cast them down. But as he said, I, you know, this isn't going to happen. I've been here 38 years. There's nobody to put me in the water. Um, I, I'm just a hoping and a praying, you know, some miracle will take place, but it's not going to happen. So Jesus, Jesus said, do you, do you really want to be made well? Do you really want to be made well? Then he turns around and, and, and he plants some imagination in the man. And he says, he, he, he starts to create the man's reality with the man's imagination. Verse, in verse 7, uh, it says this, the sick man answered him. Then Jesus said to him in verse 8, Rise, take up your bed and walk. Imagination. Can you see yourself? After 38 years, can you see yourself rising up, taking your bed and walking? The man could not have done it if he had not have said, Wait a minute, I've got, I've got to turn my back on my history of 38 years, a failure, of not, of not, of not seeing it happen. I have to ignore that, and I've got to put a focused attention on what this man is saying. And in verse 9, it says that immediately he jumped up, took up his bed, and he walked. Here's the fact. The fact was he was sick. Fact was he'd been there 38 years. But the truth was created in his imagination. The truth was, the objective fact was, he could, he could walk. He could take up his bed and walk. Truth is not subject to facts. Imagination is not subject to the five physical senses. He had to imagine beyond what the facts were. He had to imagine beyond what his senses were feeding him. Sense was saying, you can't move those legs. You're paralyzed. You cannot get up. Imagination saw those legs moving. Imagination saw him taking up his bed. Verse 9, he did it. His imagination ruled the facts. Imagination ruled appearances. 
Imagination ruled what the five senses were feeding to him. As a man thinks, remember, as a man thinks in his heart, that becomes his reality. It first grows in your heart, comes from the thought. The thought is, do you want to be well? The imagination is, take up your bed and walk. The heart has to fill up. I can do this. This is, this is the objective truth. And then he follows through. As, you're, as you imagine it, in 2022, I'm telling you, this is wide open to you. As you imagine it, so it will be. So create the idea in your mind. Get that vision. And then begin to let imagination develop it. Let imagination flesh it out until, until what the vision is and the imagination, until those two can meet. And when those two meet, when you have imagined the, the vision, the idea, when you have imagined that to perfection, let it drop down into your heart. Let it drop down into your heart. And out of the abundance of your heart, let it grow. Let it grow. And out of the abundance of your heart, then let your mouth speak it. All right, here's how it looks. Let's look at another one, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. When you begin to see this, uh, Scripture is filled with it. It's filled throughout the Scripture. We haven't been taught this stuff. See, we haven't been taught this stuff. I get pushback. I'm getting pushback right now about teaching that you can be a creator. I'm getting pushback about it. People are saying, well, you know, that, that's not going to happen. That's not really so. You're, 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 you're giving people false hope. No, I'm not. I'm not. Matthew chapter 9. If you don't want to believe it, don't believe it. If you don't want to live in it, don't believe it. Just because I'm over here teaching it, I, I never tell you you have to grasp what I say. You, you weigh it out for yourself. You find it out for yourself. All right, over here in Matthew chapter 9, verse 20. Let's see it again. Matthew not, chapter 9, verse 20. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind Jesus and touched the hem of his garment. And she said to, and she said to herself, She's self-talking right here. Self-talking is powerful. When I, when I say use the words of your mouth, you don't have to go blab and tell everybody. You can self-talk it. This is, this is what comes out of the heart. If only I can touch his garment, I shall be made well. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith, your focused attention, your imagination has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Now listen, this, this, let's break this down. Obviously, this woman had a thought. She, her thought was this, if I can get to Jesus, I can be healed. If I can get to Jesus, I can be healed. So her imagination began to develop. She said, here's how I'm going to do it. Here's what I see happening. I'm going to come up behind Jesus. There's a lot of people. I'm going to have to press through the people and I see how I'm going to plan how to do that. I'm going to see how I'm going to maneuver my way up there. And if I get behind Jesus, I imagine myself, I can see it. This is how it's going to work. If I can touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. And so her heart fills with that, and she says, absolutely. She's thinking, man, this, this is it. I see it as a done deal. So she, so she verbalizes it, and she says, if I can just get and touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. So her heart, her heart developed it and grew it, and she spoke it to herself. Now, I want, to, I want to read verse um, 22, Matthew chapter 9, verse 22. I want to read this out of the Amplified Version because I, I, I think it throws just a little bit of different light on this. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 22 out of the Amplified uh, says this. Then Jesus turning and seeing her said, Take courage, daughter, your personal trust. See, that it, the trust was, it was focused. It was right there. Your personal, your personal trust and confident faith in me has made you well. Jesus said you made yourself well by what you did. You created this, you created this healing and it manifested. You created, you had the thought. You, you imagined how you would do it. And you said to yourself, if I could just get up there and touch the hem of his garment, I'll be well. And Jesus said, this is so powerful. He said, your confident faith and personal trust in me has made you well. And at once the woman was completely healed. So it's your personal trust and your confident faith. This is, you develop confident faith. Where do you develop it? You develop it in your heart. 
You develop it in your heart. This is where the confident faith is. This is where, this is where you know that you know that you know. It's imperative that the, the imagination feed the heart a fully fleshed out picture, a vision completed, that it come from the mind. Focused attention develops when you have the thought, the imagination, the heart's desire. Again, again, again. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So by imagination, here's what I'm saying. By imagination, we all harvest our future. We all harvest a destiny by our imagination. I will tell you this. I'll tell you this. Imagination is a divine connector. It is a divine, your, your imagination makes you different than every other creation. No other, a dog has no imagination. Horse has no imagination. What you can imagine connects you to your father. He works by imagination. He first spoke and then the worlds came. He saw, he saw them completed in Genesis 1 and in Genesis 2, the manifestation of what he created in Genesis 1 took place. That imagination, when the mind of Christ develops it, has the full authority from the Father to see it in objective reality. Now you say, well, when is this, when is this thing going to appear? When is it going to come? When is it going to come from the invisible to the visible? When is it going to come from the unseen to the seen? That's above my pay grade. I, I cannot tell you that. I cannot tell you that. But I will tell you this. When you have completed what we're talking about, your imagination's painted the picture, your heart's grown, you've spoken it. See, the imagination is so key in this. When you've done that, rest. There's nothing more to do. You don't have to pray and beg and plead with God to, to make it happen. You need to rest. You need to rest in it and let him. One of two ways, I've taught you this, it's gonna come one of two ways. Either it is brought to you or you are led to it, okay? It's coming, it will be there. It's an objective fact. We're just waiting for it to subjectively manifest. We subjectively manifest what we have objectively created. Habakkuk says this. Let me read, let me read from Habakkuk. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know that I've ever read in the digital cathedral from the book of Habakkuk. So let me, uh, let me give this man some due time this morning. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3. When's it going to manifest? I don't know. When's it going to show up? I don't know. That's the father's part in this creative thing. Right? That's, his that's his part, making it manifest. But he's very specific in teaching us how to create it. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Right? My job is to get the vision, flesh it out in imagination, let it grow in my heart, speak it out my mouth. His, time, his part is the appointed time. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie. In other words, it's going to show up. It will take place. What is developed in your imagination from your vision will take place. Though it tarries, wait for it. Though it tarries, it doesn't show up as quick as you want. I get people that message me, I've been trying to do this for three weeks, it ain't working. I've been on this a month, it ain't working. Wait for it, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. It hits the perfect time. My, my imagination, here's what I'm trying to say this morning. My imagination brings into focus my full purpose in life. Let me get just a little bit spiritual. My imagination brings into focus my purpose in life. You know what my purpose in life is? Same as your purpose. It's not my job. It's not my daily activities. My, my, my imagination brings into focus my purpose in life, which is to do the will of the one that sent me and to complete the work that I'm supposed to complete. That's, that's, that's what imagination gets done. Doesn't matter whether you flip hamburgers, drive a truck, teach school, or a lawyer. Doesn't matter. To do the will of the one that sent me co-creating with the Father. Manifesting what you co-create is an assurance that what He has given you will, will not only not be lost, but it will come and produce eternal fruit. 
It will manifest in eternal production. Everything that we lost when we were unawakened, and I look back at those years that I was unawakened, I was doing my best, uh, all I knew to do, but everything that I did in unawakened ignorance, it, it's helped me, it's, it's provided education, much of it's taught me what not to do, but as I'm now awakened more fully continually, all those things I did in unawakened ignorance are going to be resurrected and fully restored. I'm using everything that I did for 35 years as a pastor as how not to do it. And the things that I taught that I now see were in part, but were not in perfection. I'm using all those things now to take this message around the world. And a lot of you are joining me. You're supporting me. You're helping me. We're partnering together. And it's such an important work. Our imagination is going to bring everything in subjection. What we did when we were unawakened is going to, those, those facts, it's a fact I pastored 35 years teaching a mixed message. I taught 15 years with grace, the finished work of the cross, unconditional love, and mercy that endures forever, and inclusion. Taught those things. All right. So now he's resurrecting all that 35 years and bringing it to some fruition. Don't be angry about the years that you feel that you lost in church or you were indoctrinated in a wrong way. Use your imagination. Get the vision, get the imagination of the Father's plan and the Father's purpose for you. It might be just talk to your friends. It might be to, to get yourself a 1969 Chevelle, four on the floor, super sport, and just join a car club and talk to people out of the abundance of your heart. Don't have to be religious. Don't have to be freaky. Just share love. Let light shine. See, whatever it is, that's the Father's purpose and plan for you. As a son like Jesus, you have moved past the dictate of facts. See, we're not controlled by facts anymore. We're not controlled by facts. That's not what runs my life. Truth always elevates over facts. And the truth is, I'm a creator. Fact is, the truth is, I'm a manifested son. Some people don't look like, I, lady messaged me this week, said, you better change your message. You're, 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 you know, you're in your heart, you're teaching things that aren't right. You better change, you know what God, listen, I know the voice of the Lord. I walked with him a long time. When our eyes open, what has just been a mere idea, what have been a mere idea to a sleeping man, to an unawakened man, becomes truth to the awakened imagination. What has just been an idea, a, a, a seed of vision to an unawakened man, I'd like, man, I'd like to have a different job. I'd like to make more money. That's a vision. Understand that. But your imagination needs to take that and say, okay, look, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. How do you want it to be? What's it going to look like? How, how are you going to fly that airplane? You better put wings on it. See, right, brothers? Uh, Henry Ford, you better put wheels and tires on that car. Let the imagination build it. This is how Jesus lived. This is a life he demonstrated. He lived his whole life to do the will of the Father. That was the vision. Then the imagination says, here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go about preaching gospel to the poor. I'm going to heal the brokenhearted. I'm going to set the oppressed free. And the scripture says, that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. That was his imagination. That's how it fulfilled. That's how it manifested. I like what Albert Einstein said. This is Albert Einstein. I, I, I found this quote of his and I kind of used it for the title of the teaching today. You can Google it. Albert, Albert Einstein said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Now, I would have never imagined Albert Einstein saying that. You know, the genius, the man that knew all the facts, that had a brilliant intellect. He said, imagination is more important than knowledge because imagination will take you places that knowledge won't. A lot of educated people, a lot of knowledgeable people, but they've had no imagination, they've had no vision, and they have not fulfilled entirely the plan that they were set on the planet to do. So your job, my job is to awaken. Flip the light switch on. Turn that Jesus light on that John 1 says lights every man that comes into the world. We will, we will never without imagination. Listen to me. If you don't get anything else this morning, get this. We will never without imagination fulfill that God-inspired verse that says all 
things are possible to him that believes. The only way you can walk into that impossible dimension is with your imagination and your thoughts. See, vision will give you a slight picture, but it has to be developed and you create it in your imagination. And then you manifest the fruit of that in, a, in subjective reality. The all things are possible originates through the thoughts and the imagination. You remember what, what Paul said in Ephesians chapter three? He said, unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think. How could that be? Because we haven't disciplined, exercised imagination. See, we have the mind of Christ. We're not trying to get the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ kind of kryptonites that Old Testament verse that says his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. They are now. They are now because you had the mind of Christ. You are thinking from a different perspective. Natural man thinks from facts. Natural man thinks from data that has been fed to him. Spirit man thinks from imagination. Spirit man thinks from vision. Spirit man calls things that be not as though they were. So this world that you and I are in, which is the kingdom, we're, we're, we've been delivered from the power of darkness, translated into the kingdom of God's son. We're in a different place. We're in a different kingdom. We join with Jesus and we say, my kingdom is not of this world. This world is limited to facts. This world is limited to sensory perception. But you and I are not of this world, even as Jesus is not of this world. We are in the kingdom, and the kingdom dimension, the kingdom itself, functions by an entirely different set of, of principles. A different set of laws governs the kingdom. Imagination is a law in the kingdom. In the natural world, it stymies down. It's not, the imagination doesn't work. If it works, it oftentimes is perverted to the negative, like I said at the beginning of the teaching. You can say to the negative, well, that guy's just crazy. He's using his imagination. He's out, out somewhere where the buffalo roam, the deer and the antelope play. He's just helping, you know, he's, or it can be used positive. Now, when you come into the kingdom, you use your imagination in a positive way. So as we start this new year, this is kickoff to 2022. What is it that you really want? I want to challenge you this week. Take some time to get the thoughts solidified. Don't just throw anything out there. Get a focused attention on a thought. Want to lose 40 pounds? Want to enroll in Global Grace Seminary? Want to get a different job? Want your in income to increase? What, what is it? Get the focused thought. And then let your imagination flesh it out. Let your imagination paint the picture. Let it become an objective reality. I got it now. I've lost the 40 pounds. You look in the mirror, you don't look any different. You try your clothes on, they still are tight. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, I'm not moved by that. My imagination is creating my, my reality daily and in the future. I don't desire to eat six slices of pie a day, right? And you're gonna find your appetite changes. We haven't yet harnessed the power of imagination, but we are. We're working on it. But as we do, we open ourselves up to all things are possible. In my imagination, I can envision those things that I don't yet subjectively see, but I can objectively begin to grab onto them as I form and shape them within. See, the, the kingdom of God is lived from the inside out. The kingdom of God is an inside job. The kingdom of God is not moved by sensory uh, perceptions from outside. What is it you want? Let, this is the first Sunday of the year. Let's get fixed on it. This, this week, just get fixed on the thought, the focused thought. And then next week, I'm going to challenge you probably again to take your imagination and let it develop. Although next week, I think we're going to start on the book of John. I want to go through John and pick out some things from the book of John that, that uh, dovetail in to the things that we're teaching. Open ourselves up to all things are possible. And as we do, as we do, I'm going to tell you this. At the end of the year, you're going to be surprised. Maybe shocked is a better word. You're going to be shocked at what you've been able to develop this year through a focused attention, through a thought, a vision that has been, that has been developed, grown in the heart, and verbalized. 
the important part, the, 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 the part that connects you to the unseen, the part that connects you to, to the spirit world, the part that develops your image and likeness of God is your imagination. This is, this is what holds people back, but it's not going to hold you back. It's the Christ in you that is awakening. And it's the Christ in you as he awakens, he imagines and shapes your future destiny. And that best life that you will live is yet to come. You have not lived your best life yet. It's still on the way. As long as you're breathing, I say often, as long as you're, you're breathing and taking up space, the best is still yet to come. I invite you to be on a journey with me this year. This is going to be a wild ride, my friend. This is going to be a year like no other, and I so look forward to it, and I invite you to make the journey with me through the Digital Cathedral, Wednesday night, teaching what we call a secret place, and let's make this the absolute best year that we could ever what? Ever imagine. God bless you. I think that's enough for this morning. Go back, take a check on this, listen to it again, take some notes, and let's begin to develop the power of our imagination. Imagination trumps knowledge. God bless.